And we now joined on the line by investment analyst at 24-7 Investment Managers, Nadir Token. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Now, Nadir, looking at uh, manufacturers and uh, the retailer Steinoff International, what's behind the share price slide there? Yeah, Sakina, I mean, it's been pretty brutal, hasn't it? Ever since it's uh, listed on the main, uh, on, on the Frankfurt main board um, at the beginning of December, we've seen about a 20% slide in the share price. Now, you know, there were many analysts punting that listing on the, on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange would actually provide some tailwinds for the stock, um, you know, listing onto a bourse which would massively benefit off of uh, uh, ECB stimulus and often improving European economy and, uh, you know, on the ba- and uh, given it increased presence in Europe, uh, you know, we could see some massive tailwinds for the stock as it listed onto the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. However, it was not to be. Um, you know, and there's a number of reasons behind that, but, uh, you know, we'll talk about the stock and why, you know, we think it's still, still quite an attractive opportunity, especially now, um, given that the share price has come under some pressure. So there's a number of concerns around uh, uh, earnings moving forward. Um, you know, the, when they report full year earnings in, in June this year, it will be the first time um, ever that we're going to see the full effect of the dilutionary effect um, that the purchase of Pepco has had on the business. So we all know that uh, they purchased Pepco for just over $18 billion, and a large portion of that was funded through, uh, you know, through the, uh, share issuance, and as a result of that, we could see a dilutory effect, of, well, we will see a dilutory effect on earnings, and the market is uh, fairly concerned about that. So that's point number one. I think then secondly, um, you know, we know that the stock derives about 25% of their uh, earnings and their revenue are out of South Africa, with about 75% of the earnings coming from the rest of the globe. And given that the primary listing was moved to Frankfurt um, in December, and the RAND has depreciated some 15 to 17% against the euro since that uh, listing date, it's going to be fairly challenging for the company to grow their revenue and grow their earnings um, in euros on a, on a year-on-year basis when they report in June. So, you know, there's been a lot of um, the selling on the back of that, given the demand or the ferocious demand for uh, earnings growth that we're currently seeing and the extent to which we're seeing uh, companies being punished when they don't deliver strong earnings growth um, year on year. So it's going to be difficult for them to grow earnings given the extent to which the RAND has depreciated against the euro and 25% of their earnings coming out of South Africa. Um, you know, and then, of course, there's been just generally the global stock market has been very, very weak since the beginning of December. We all know what's happened uh, so far this mu- uh, so far this month and into and in December. Um, you know, with the stock markets coming under severe pressure, apart from the last two days where we've seen a bit of a rally, and that's really on the back of central bank intervention. Uh, you know, promising more stimulus, be it the ECB or be it uh, the People's Bank of China. So, you know, it's being caught up in a generally a very pessimistic uh, global stock market and with retailers particularly taking a significant amount of the strain, you know, given uh, the, the downward revisions to economic growth, given the slowdown in China and the impact that's likely to have on the rest of the global economy, um, you know, retailers have been especially hard hit during, this, uh, during the stock market sell-off and, of course, Sign off being, um, you know, one of the biggest discount retailers in the world now, you know, somewhere around the fifth or sixth largest discount retailer in the world. They, would, they, they, they didn't escape getting caught up in that storm. But if you look at the business fundamentally, uh, you know, discount retailing is obviously where they operate. And the discount retailing 
segments of the market faces significantly more tailwinds than the overall retail sector. We know it's a sector that's growing ferociously. We know that Pepco is enjoying phenomenal success in Eastern Europe and generating a lot of cash um, out of South Africa. We see Spanoff has a very secure balance sheet due to the amount of cash generation which happens from the likes of Pepco. So, uh, you know, the balance sheet is fairly secure. And, of course, we could see significant margin expansion within the business given that uh, they have a fairly good uh, procure or very good procurement uh, strengths uh, you know, in the discount retailing space, given now that uh, they own Pepco and, uh, you know, given the other businesses which they own internationally. So they have a lot more bargaining power when it comes to procurement. And on the back of that, we could see some strong margin expansion. So, you know, over the, over the sort of medium to long term, they're going to benefit significantly off the uh, tailwinds that discount retailing is offering in Eastern Europe and in Africa. And, uh, you know, the, the amount of cash generation which they have um, ensures that you're not taking on too much balance sheet risk and, uh, you know, the business is unlikely to over-lever itself given the extent of cash generation. And then, of course, there's also the final point that, uh, you know, they, you, they could see a significant margin expansion which will be positive for the stock. And, Adir, what were your key takeaways from the World Economic Forum 2016 gathering? Yeah, so the theme was, as we all know, the, the fourth industrial revolution and the impact and the impact of that on the global economy. And, uh, you know, while there was a veneer of optimism, uh, you know, to reiterate Angela Merkel's words of, yes, we can, um, you know, there's a number of risks out there in the global economy at the moment, isn't there? And it's just been exacerbated by uh, heightened geopolitical risks, you know, be it within the Middle East, be it within Europe and the, and the, and, and, and the migrant crisis and the, the possible exit of the UK from, from the European Union. Uh, but generally, you know, the takeaway was that uh, inequality is at, uh, you know, exceptionally sort of stretched levels and, 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 and sort of critical levels where we see something like 62 people or individuals owning almost half the world's wealth. You know, I mean, that's a shocking statistic. And, uh, you know, the, the fourth industrial revolution with, uh, you know, the technological revolution and the efficiencies gained from technology, um, you know, seem to indicate that that may grow should policymakers not do anything about it. And, uh, you know, further exacerbated inequality could be particularly destabilizing. And, you know, I think uh, at the heart of all the ge- geopolitical risk which we're seeing at the moment, be it the, the uh, migrant crisis in Europe, um, you know, or, or, or be it, uh, the, you know, the, the, the flaring tensions in the Middle East, um, you know, or, or generally any political tension around the world where the masses are standing up to the, to the political incumbents, um, you know, it, it's situated, it's, it, it's basically based around uh, uh, increasing inequality and the harmful effects thereof. So, you know, it's going to be one of the challenges that have come out of the, 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 uh, the, the uh, World Economic Forum is that it's going to be exceptionally difficult to navigate this fourth industrial revolution, but p- perhaps one of the most important industrial revolutions to navigate, given that the global economy is growing as weakly as it is, and given that, uh, you know, we are reaching somewhat of a breaking point with regards to inequality. So some challenges for policymakers to, to uh, overcome, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. But, uh, you know, if we look back not too far to the, uh, the climate change conference in Paris just about a month ago, and, you know, what can be achieved when, when uh, political powers choose to collaborate, uh, you know, I don't think it's challenges that can't be overcome, but obviously particularly difficult challenges given that the world is growing as slowly as it is. 
Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Nadir Cho can speak to you again tomorrow morning. Uh, investment analyst at 27.4 Investment Managers, Nadir Token. Great stories told by great personalities. SAFM.